Good morning. It is Monday, January 30th. It is seven minutes after nine and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Association of Indiana Counties have completed their property tax study. Did you know they were doing a study? Well, they've completed it, and they found that on average, a 15% increase will happen in residential property taxes this year. <laughs> what? Can you say that again out loud, Casey? They're going to see an average of 15% increase in residential property taxes this year based on this study. Wow. So the taxes, the property taxes for the average person in the state of Indiana, according to an organization that that is their job to study property taxes, is saying that property taxes are going to rise 15% in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're getting out of that. Yeah. That is so weird. Why is that? Because I feel like... A year ago, <laughs> someone hmm. said, wow, property taxes are about to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like our elected officials went, nuh-uh, you don't know that for sure. <laughs> nuh-uh. No one has any idea, Casey. No one knows for sure. No one no one could possibly know exactly what they're, how much they're going to go up. And you're just really exaggerating. And you're just fear-mongering. And you're just a shock jock. And you're just doing this for ratings. And you don't know anything. Mm. I feel like that's how it went. Yeah. And then I feel like, Casey, our elected officials who knew a year ago that property taxes were going to skyrocket because assessments were skyrocketing and property taxes are based on assessments did absolutely nothing other than be incredibly mean-spirited and angry towards me, and now the property taxes are about to skyrocket. Yes, the assessors based property taxes on fair market value, recent sales, and construction costs. Now, they say that these factors were low interest rates and high demand for houses, and property on the market for just a few hours before bidding wars were happening is all part of the reason why your property taxes are going up. And they said that gross assessed value increased statewide across all classifications. This includes residential, apartments, agriculture, commercial, industrial, and even personal property. There is no plan. There are people who have ideas, mm-hmm. but as a party, and you are now, we are in week four. So we are essentially almost a third of the way through the Indiana General Assembly. Mm-hmm. There is no cohesive plan to actually help you. There are individuals who have ideas to help very select groups of people or provide very modest help, mm-hmm. air quotes. We'll talk about one of those in just a second. But the reality is nothing is going to happen this legislative session that is going to help you because the Indiana Republican Party does not want to help you. They knew about this a year ago. We were literally having people on this show right in with how their assessments were increasing. And basic math tells you that if the property taxes are based on the assessments and the assessments are skyrocketing, Mm -hmm. then people are about to get crushed. With property taxes, but because this is what the Indiana Republican Party does, and this is why we tell you, you cannot just roll over and play dead for these people and vote for them because of the letter. They decided it would be more fun to get 
in a uh, in a grudge match with a radio broadcaster because they don't like me because I have the audacity to come on here and tell you what's going to happen and we don't kiss these people's ass and we don't need to be their friends. They decided to be more fun to try to go after us mm-hmm. rather than do the thing to help you. And now the thing is happening and it's too late to actually fix the thing. Minton County is where you want to be. It's the only county in the entire state that did not increase. But four counties saw an increase of 20%. Exactly. 20%. Yikes. Exactly. And look, the whole system is flawed. The whole entire system by which you are punished, because that's what taxation is, it's a punishment. It's a punishment for behavior, right? They're taking your money. You are punished because someone else did something. That's what they base the assessments on. What did the home in your area sell for? Mm-hmm. Well, I have no intention to sell my home. Doesn't matter. Your taxes are going up. Your neighbor Do, sold. Does that make any sense to anyone? And this has been going on. The assessment process by which we tax homes has been going on for decades now in this state. And the Republicans here just l- look at you and go, well, th- th- that's a, it's a local government issue. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do about it? Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is the Republicans right the way by which we are taxed. They could fix this tomorrow. They could have had a study committee or whatever they call those things where nothing gets accomplished a year ago when the assessments were rolling in. Oh, did you mention a study? Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, the Senate pro tem Rod Bray said that in his chamber, they're more focused on the priority bill that seeks to form a state and local tax review commission. So the head of the Senate is saying, look, Mm -hmm. we recognize now he's not going to say this, but Rob Kendall was 100 percent correct. People are about to get totally crushed by property taxes. But instead of actually doing something about it, now we're going to form the committee, Mm -hmm. which if we'd have formed the thing a year ago, Mm -hmm. we could have entered the legislative session with a plan to do the thing. They fought and they fought and they fought on this. You, we, like, seemed like every week I was coming on here talking about an interaction with some lawmaker who decided it was more fun to go after me and try to go, nuh-uh, you don't know that. No, we got to wait for the data. We got to wait for, you know, when Holcomb needs $60 million for trails, I don't have to wait for data. When Eric Holcomb wants to give away uh, free textbooks to everyone from the textbook ferry, they don't have to wait for data. When Eric Holcomb wants to es- expand socialized medicine in the state, they don't need to wait for the data. You know when they need to wait for data, which by the way, it's too late to do in- anything meaningful now. They need to wait for the data when it comes to helping you. When it comes to growing government, they never need to wait for anything. But when it comes to helping you, or limiting money to the Treasury, well, we got to wait for the data. Holcomb said last week, you know, we're going to get to the root cause of the increases that are occurring. Going to get to the root cause right after this commission that studies the feasibility of, of changing, reforming the property taxes for Hoosiers. So they're going to they're study it. They're going to look at the root cause and then... And, and and so and then so let's piggyback off that to somebody fi- somebody finally presented a plan somebody with some sort of gravitas or influence finally presented a plan mm-hmm. now this is according to Indiana Capital Chronicle Jeff Thompson who I have the misfortune of him being my representative because every conversation I have with that guy throwing my head through the wall over there would be less painful he filed legislation yes and his plan so keep in mind if you let's okay let's say your property taxes are increasing 
and you uh, are currently paying on a $300,000 home, which in central Indiana is by no means unreasonable. It's not a McMansion. It's a you know modest middle-income home in many areas in central Indiana. So let's say right now you are living in a $300,000 home and your home is capped at 1%. So you're paying $3,000 mm-hmm. uh, in property tax, or were previously paying $3,000 in property taxes. If your taxes go up 15%, and I am but a product of the public education system, but 10% would be $300, on top of that would be another $150. So let's say your property taxes went up $450. This Einstein's plan is to give you $100 back. Mm -hmm. And then over the next four years, they're going to phase that out so you get zero back. You get less back each year. This is the gas tax thing. So Jeff Jeff Thompson is the head of Ways and Means. So he controls the money. So he's the first person with any sort of influence who's put a plan out. And Jeff Thompson's plan, if you're a person who lives in a $300,000 home, is your property taxes are going to go up $450. I'm going to give you 100 of that back, and then you're supposed to thank me right. because you paid $350 more in property taxes. He did something. Yay! It's the gas tax thing all over again, where, or, or the, the I'm sorry, the income tax thing all over again, where the Treasury last year collects $5,000, or I'm sorry, $1,500 more per person than they need, $5 billion surplus, $1,500 more per person than they need, their answer to that is we're going to give you 200 of that back mm-hmm. and you're supposed to pat us on the back and say thanks for thanks for all you've done for thanks us. Thanks for giving it's me the same some thing of over my here. money back. These people never change. Republicans do not like you. Republicans love big government and big taxes and they're doing the same thing over again. My favorite part of this article that you referenced in the Indiana Indiana Capital Chronicle was from Todd Houston. He said there's a lot of uncertainty around property taxes right now. <laughs> and then he said, our our constituents are very concerned about this. <laughs> you think? They were concerned a year ago <laughs> when they were calling this radio station, when they were writing this radio station, and we were doing segment after segment after segment of people giving us their increased assessments on the air. Mm-hmm. People have been concerned about this even before that. The idea that the government has some forever lean on your home and you never actually own your home is wholly ridiculous. The idea that you have property tax caps, but yet the school corporation in your community can violate those caps anytime they want is wholly ridiculous. The idea that because some guy down the street from you sold his home, you should have to pay more taxes is wholly ridiculous. The whole thing is a giant scam. It's always been a giant scam. It will remain a giant scam, but that's how it gets done is through big giant scams that people can't opt out of because you got to have somewhere to live. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And uh, last, as the week ended last week, the Republican National Committee, well, they reelected the same person. And we're going to talk about that coming up from 93 WIBC. It's 22 minutes after nine. It's what? Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. What day is it? What'd you go with? Today's uh, Arctic Monkeys Day. Which means I won't know any of the songs we're playing as bumper music today. You're not playing any Uno Gold today. No, I can do what I want today. I'm going to play Arctic Monkeys. Oh, Kevin can do what he wants today. <laughs> you ever have that friend who is in desperately in need of an intervention and they just keep going, no, I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. So while in reality you can actually do what you want, 
<laughs> it's not the right choice for you. Yeah. You think Kevin needs an intervention? Uh, oh, this this isn't my only themed day for bumper music. So oh, I'll have another two. chance. Well, he gets multiple days. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm building up to it. Wow! Somebody put Kevin in charge. You're in a band <laughs> where you're so into the band that you are handing stickers to grown ass men in the restroom. <laughs> yeah, at real, concert about, real life interaction with about, potential fans. Yeah, versus the most powerful media outlet in the state. And we say, Kevin, here's your day to play your band. No, I'm going to play another band. <laughs> well, it's your day, Kevin. Good luck. <laughs> Arctic monkeys are great, but whatever. If you if you say we need a whole day. Hey, let's uh, get to some trending stories. TV anchors TJ Holmes and Amy Robach are leaving ABC amid their romance. Uh, you might recall that that they were outed having an affair. They're the Good Morning America hosts, and they were put on temporary hiatus after photos surfaced of them, and now the network is saying, nope, they're out for good. In for good is Smokey Robinson. He's releasing a new solo album. It's been nearly a decade since he put out a new album, but he's got a nine-track album coming out. It's called Gasms, and it will be released on April 28th. And finally trending, Damar Hamlin. He is alive kids. He posted to Instagram thanking his fans. It has over 500,000 likes and he sounds like he's about to cry. Now that my brothers have closed out a strong winning season, as I continue to make so much progress recovering, I think it's finally a good time to share a few things. I think it was important for me to wait and speak publicly at the right time as it was just a lot to process uh, within my own self, uh, mentally, physically, um, even spiritually. It's just been a lot to process, but I can't tell you how appreciative I am of all the love, all the support, and everything that's just been coming in my way. All right, so the rumors are put to bed. That video was weirdly edited, it though, was wasn't it? It was very choppy. Yeah, it was interesting. And so here's the thing, and look, I'm not one of these people who believes this, but there are a large group of people out there who do. Until that dude stands up in front of like the press mm-hmm. and answers questions... There are going to be people who are not going to believe he he is alive. Yeah. And look, again, I'm sure that was him. I'm sure that he is alive. But that's a very weirdly edited video for a, clearly they are aware. Mm-hmm. There are a, group, a large group of people who don't think you're alive. And then you're like chopping a video together. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was very weird. Yeah. Let's talk about what's going on with the Republican National Committee. The chairperson, Ronna McDaniel, says that after winning her fourth term as the chair for the GOP, she won't be there for her fifth term. She said, this is my last term <laughs> I as won't chair. lose again! Right. Well, she did win. She had 111 votes, uh, ballots, that were cast for her, and that was the majority that she needed. Over- uh, overwhelmingly. 168. So my favorite part was that uh, Hermit Dillon, who was really the biggest contender, got 51 of the votes, but the My Pillow guy, yeah. he received four votes. Yes. Four! Uh, hey, so we do have... Uh, uh, Ronna McDaniel uh, basically saying um, that the people voted for her because they want to keep consistency. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to play this little piece of audio and then I want to ponder what consistency they're talking about. Well, I I felt like I had strong support from the committee because they really want to keep the consistency of the things we've done, voter registration, election integrity, and they know it's such a pivotal time heading into a presidential election, so they wanted to keep that, but they understand we're going to bring change in, too. So what consistency would that be, Casey? Consistency (laughs) of each election cycle being a worse loss or Mm -hmm. worse results Mm -hmm. than 
the one before. I yeah. Mean, what, 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 so they went with Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. They went with the same people before after another underperforming election cycle. Mm-hmm. And this is just proof that Republicans love consistent consistently losing. losing yeah they, they they don't they don't care at all i mean it's like can you imagine in sports i mean look jim mercy's a goof but the coach wasn't getting it done he fires him in the middle of the season now he replaced him with the worst coach but at least he replaced him mm-hmm. i mean you're the the, the republican party is about re- uh, protecting the republican establishment and the people who will carry the flag for their brand of government, which is big government and big cost and protecting their donors and their lobbyists above all else. The, 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 I just it, It's the same. I have no idea why people give to this party. I have no idea why people cheerlead for this party. I have no idea why people have hope for this party. They just keep doing the same things with the same people. She said she went, she wants to go on a grassroots tour and she would love if uh, Dylan, Hermit Dylan went with her. But she then she said, but they don't understand what the RNC does. <laughs> wow. Well, whatever Neither it is. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, 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 here, here's the thing though, Casey. Yeah. Not all hope is lost with the Republicans though, because yeah. there was Somebody very near and dear to my heart who suffered a big old loss mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend, and I was hoping maybe when we talk about that we could uh, we could talk about that when we come back. All right, we've got to get to the news. It's ninety three WIBC. Good morning. Former Vice President Mike Pence said Friday that he had previously been unaware classified documents were at his Indiana home, but that mistakes were made and he takes full responsibility. Good morning. It is 935. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So he was talking out the Florida International University when he said, out an abundance of caution, it would be appropriate to review his personal records that he kept at his home in Carmel. He said that he directed his counsel to fully cooperate in any investigation, later told reporters i welcome the work of the department of justice in this case which is a good thing because now the fbi is looking over those documents okay so let's play the clip of mike pence doing the mia culpa and then i'm going to ask you some questions about this because you're the voice of reason here sure so i think it'll be best for you to answer these questions go ahead now while i was not aware that those classified documents were in our personal residence let me be clear Those classified documents should not have been in my personal residence. Mistakes were made. And I take full responsibility. Okay, so on the surface, you would say, okay, that's nice of him. Mm -hmm. He's owning his mistake. That's a rare thing in Washington, so we'll check a box and appoint for Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. However... And, you know, Casey, I am a grudge holder, and, you know, I just (laughs) can't let anything go, and... um, I do remember back in, I believe it was November, where Mike Pence went on national TV, I believe it was ABC, and Mm -hmm. said, of course, he had no documents, and there'd be no reason to have documents. And, you know, I want to think that Mike Pence would never do anything for political purposes, but I can't help but think he was doing that interview at that time because, well, Trump was vulnerable on the documents. So on one hand, we give Mike Pence a little check mark for saying, hey, we appreciate you coming out and taking ownership in this. But on the other hand, well, just 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 a little bit ago, you were well, I don't want to use the word smug or arrogant or phrases like holier than thou. 
that you didn't have any documents mm-hmm. and you were totally dismissive of why there would be any reason. So mm-hmm. where do we balance these out together, Are Casey? they a wash? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you because to me, well, now Mike Pence has proven, well, he's a person who can't really be trusted and really isn't being very honest with the American people. And maybe if Mike Pence runs for president, we'll talk about some other times Mike Pence wasn't very honest with the people of Indiana, but we'll, we'll save that. Right mm-hmm. now we're just focused on how can we trust Mike Pence <laughs> if he was just so adamant that he didn't have these documents. It'd be one thing if he hadn't said anything or said, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to do a thorough check and I hope there's nothing there. I'll get back to you. But he was very adamant. He was very confident previously I don't, I don't know, that he I, did you know, not have I'm documents. Just, I'm not feeling very trustworthy. But where are you? Are you feeling trust? Are you, are you feeling trust with Mike Pence? No, I don't trust any okay, of them. Okay, all right. Very good. Well, and you know what is interesting? A few weeks ago, and I, I commented on this, where's Barack Obama on this? And I think you kind of maybe blew me off a little and laughed at it, but now the National Archives and the Records Administration has requested past presidents and vice presidents scour their records for classified documents going back to Ronald Reagan. Oh, they want. And Ro- I even said, "Where's Dan Quayle? <laughs> yeah, where's Al Gore? They want Ronald Reagan to scour his well, archives, going back to him. These people yeah. all have this stuff. It is only natural that if you are moving tens of thousands of documents, boxes, whatever, that's something that shouldn't be there. I mean, think about, again, when you move Mm -hmm. your own house, when you moved, did you know where everything was when you got out of your old home and into your new home here? No, it's like Christmas Uh, morning open the boxes. Of course not. (laughs) The problem is, well, there's two problems. Number one, Biden, Pence took this, again, holier-than-thou attitude Mm -hmm. about these documents so no you know no 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 sympathy for them and the biden thing the one that is most concerning about him is the senate stuff yeah because there's no reason that should have ever been out unless it was intentionally removed from a classified area unlike vice president or president where you'd say okay i could see this Mm -hmm. the senate stuff was a had to be a deliberate action by someone, and then somehow they ended up in the hands of Joe Biden. Yeah, well, when it comes to Pence, it's an embarrassment, at the least. It's bad management. But with Biden, you got to wonder, okay, is somebody deliberately trying to undermine national security? Like, what is going on there? But let's go back to what we were talking about last segment, which was the Republican National Committee electing, re-electing. Boy, this is a shame. Ronna McDaniel for her fourth term. She said there won't be a fifth term. This story here, Casey, that we're about to do, I hate to do it. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But we have an obligation to our audience to give them the news. And I hate to see bad things happen to good people do you want me to give the news or do no you wanna... no yes please go ahead okay. because I, i'm not sure i could fairly because i'm so emotional about the story you're about to do i'm not sure i could <laughs> fairly deliver the content to the audience and they deserve to have a fair deliverance of the content all right here's the headline mm-hmm. indiana republican party chairman kyle hupford lost his bid for republican national committee co-chair oh in a third round vote well i just that's that's terrible. He got 76 votes, and Drew McKissick of South Carolina received 90 votes. Yeah, you know, again, it's one of those things where if it were literally Kyle Hupfer against anyone, so mm-hmm. if it were Hupfer v. Uh, soured Grape, 
I would vote for <laughs> the soured grape over great. Kyle Hupfer. Of course, Kyle Hupfer is the Indiana Republican Party chair. Mm-hmm. He is Eric Holcomb's best friend. He's been there since 2017. Oh, yes. it's uh, the, Holcomb and Hupfer share half a brain because if you put their, their minds together, you wouldn't have a full brain, but they share the half a brain. Mm-hmm. So the tax increases, the mask mandates, the Malik Muhammad meet and greet, uh, the shutting down of society, uh, all, all, this, all the stuff that we have come to love about the governor, we have to give credit to Kyle Hupfer as well, because as I said, they're, they're totally joined at the hip. So I, having such reverence for the Indiana Republican Party and all the great things they've done for the state and the people the, you know, the past five years, I just hated to see Kyle come up a little short. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll find his next highly paid gig uh you know he is an owner and i believe still i don't i don't haven't heard that he sold them but uh, you know 30 plus liquor stores and that you know conveniently liquor stores were allowed to stay open while bar- barbershops had to shut down during covid i mean i'm sure that was just a coincidence so hopefully he's got something to fall back on yeah because uh, his time as party chair is probably coming to an end with holcomb's time coming to an end. and then he didn't get this political job so you know hopefully he'll land on his feet somewhere his resume actually does look pretty good so he probably went into that with a little bit of confidence because you mean arrogance uh, or that conceit Uh, for his fellow man well you know what under his leadership the gop controlled every statewide office yes They've got super majorities in the House and the Senate yes, here in absolutely. Indiana. Uh, he's got nine of 11 federal seats and more than 80% of all county offices. So, I mean, he did go into it with uh, something to brag about, yes. you know, to say, hey, in Indiana, I've done this, this, and this. But yes. on the national level, it wasn't enough. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure the speech, you know, I can imagine because. Look, Which speech? The concession speech? Well, the, do you give a concession speech when you lose in like one of these caucus type of things? I don't know. Because, you know, what do you come out there and say, boy, yes, in Indiana, we have uh, just elected Republicans left and right. And mm-hmm. we have, uh, you know, raised uh, largest tax increase in uh, in state history. We have led a domestic terrorist right part of our police reform bill. We have, uh, uh, you know, we, we've we tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. I mean, I, I would really wonder what Kyle Hupford's speech to the delegates were was all about maybe somebody has a recording of that so we could we could hear that but I just I I was so emotional so broken up about that story and I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you being able to fairly um, <laughs> you know administer the story to our, our audience about a you know, a real local hero just coming up a little short on the on the big stage. Just a little short. It is 944. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Uh, Kevin McCarthy in the news, Elizabeth Warren in the news, and also a list of the 10 most iconic retro cell phones of all time has come out. So we have a lot to get to. Stay with us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy are going to meet this week. It's their first meeting since Kevin McCarthy became Speaker of the House earlier this month. It's 947. You're listening to Kennel and Casey on 93 WIBC. So what do you think they're going to talk about? Oh, the debt ceiling. Republicans demanding that lifting the borrowing cap can be tied to spending reductions. The White House, however, saying that no, they're not going to negotiate on raising the debt ceiling. So we will find out. You know, mm-hmm. we've heard the bravado. We've heard the get rid of the IRS, get rid of all the IRS agents. We've heard abolish the tax code. We've heard spending this, spending that. None of that matters. You know what matters? The only thing that matters is whatever the Republicans sign on to out of these debt ceiling negotiations. Because all the stuff the Republicans are doing right now has no chance of passing. 
they're never going to get rid of the IRS. They're never going to reform the tax code, given the structure of the government. The flex, the power the Republicans have, is in these debt ceiling negotiations because the only leverage they will have until late next year, thanks to Todd Young and Mitch McConnell, because they signed off on a $1.7 trillion spending bill, Mm -hmm. is to get the stuff now in the debt ceiling negotiation because they've got to raise, or at least that's the that's the claim of many people. They mm-hmm. have to raise the debt ceiling. So you are you will never be stronger than you are right now. So the White House said that they're not going to offer any concessions or negotiate at all on raising the debt ceiling. So what are they going to talk about? I mean, they're both just holding their ground, right? Well, Kevin McCarthy, who is... Um, Jim Banks' best friend, as we know. He's a Jim Banks, a huge Kevin McCarthy fan, voted for him 15 times. Uh, I think this was maybe Fox News he was on. He's using words like reasonable and responsible. Mm -hmm. And when Republicans use words like reasonable and responsible, that usually doesn't end well for the American taxpayer because their version of reasonable and responsible with our money, well, it doesn't exactly (laughs) align. Doesn't really work out good for us. but, But here's Jim Banks' best friend, Kevin McCarthy. But do you have any indication that the president is willing to discuss both lifting the debt ceiling and the issue of future spending? Well, if he's changed his mind from his whole time in the Senate and vice president before, I mean, he literally led the talks in 2011 and he praised having those talks. This is what he's always done in the past. And if he listens to the American public, more than 74 percent believe we need to sit down and find ways to eliminate this wasteful spending in Washington. So I don't believe he would change his behavior from before. And I know there's a willingness on our side to find a way that we can find a reasonable and responsible way to get this done. The uh, okay, so Biden came out and he said that he's going to remind McCarthy of his constitutional obligation to prevent a national default. Where like, is that? Where is that in the Constitution? Like every other House and Senate leader in U.S. history has done. So it's kind of like we've always done this. So who do you think you are? You're going to stand up and say no, no? We've always done this, so we're going to keep on doing it. Where somebody can help me is. Where in the Constitution does it say, and you will prevent a U.S. default? <laughs> I don't, maybe it's in there and I just missed it. And if so, uh, I will gladly accept that I missed that in the Constitution. Well, McCarthy suggested that defense spending could potentially be on the table. Well, everything should be on the table. And this and this is the problem, right? The Republicans get their sacred stuff that in times of negotiation that they aren't willing to ax either. Everybody is at, is at fault here. And... We will see mm-hmm. real quick whether the Republicans are serious about spending or if it's more of the same. But I think you're going to get with the national Republicans the same thing you get here, where uh, they talk a big game and then they go into session. And like here, they're sitting on $1,500 of our money and you get 200 back and they go, look at this tax refund we gave you. When the reality is, no, you're still stealing the majority of our money. Same thing here. They'll do something that will in some way, air quote for people on YouTube, trim spending, but it won't be anything meaningful that's actually going to solve inflation or our national debt or anything. They'll go, look at the spending concessions Mm -hmm. we got when they know it won't actually make any difference. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And since you mentioned YouTube, I'll remind everybody you can watch if you'd like. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into your YouTube search bar. Okay, it's Monday. I know a long week laid out in front of us. So how about some comedy? Oh, yes. And for that, we turn to Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's refusing to back Kamala Harris as the next vice president, and she enthusiastically throwing her support behind Joe Biden for a second term. So you remember Elizabeth Warren? She is the lady who lied about being a Native American her mm-hmm. entire life to get uh, high-ranking jobs in education, to become a U.S. senator. Of course, we will investigate George Santos to the ends of the earth, but Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. who his whole life is based on a lie about being a Native American, not just for political office, but her entire success in the in the professional realm, if you want to call it, is based on a lie. She is, uh, yes, as you said, she's weighing in and uh, very hesitant to endorse uh, Kamala Harris. If he's that old in a second term, the vice presidency becomes even more important. Could Kamala Harris be the, his choice at the second time around? You know, I, I really want to defer what makes Biden comfortable on his team. I've known Kamala for a long time. I like Kamala. I knew her back when she was when she was an attorney general and I was still uh, uh, teaching and we worked on the housing crisis together. So we go way back. But they need they have to be a team. And my sense is they are. I don't mean that by suggesting I think there are any problems. I think they are. We have to make Joe comfortable. Casey. Like, let's tuck him in can, can with, we, with a blankie in his favorite recliner. Can make we, him uh, comfortable. Can we, uh, can, we, can we role play here for a second? Sure. I want to I wanna demonstrate to our audience how you actually de- provide a definitive answer for our, um, you know, when you're asked a question, because I don't feel like she really did that. Um, no. Okay, so you ask me, you play the, be the reporter and I'll be me, okay? Mm-hmm. Rob, do you think Ron DeSantis should be the Republican nominee for president? <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Kendall, do you think that Ron DeSantis should be the Republican presidential candidate for 24? Yes, absolutely. He has uh, been phenomenal. He has been a fighter. He's been on the side of liberty and freedom. I wholeheartedly support Ron DeSantis being the Republican nominee for president. Okay, look, can we role play again? Yeah. Now you be the reporter and I'll be me. And you say, <laughs> Rob Kendall, do you think Suzanne Crouch should be the governor of the state of Indiana? <laughs> Mr. Kendall, I'm curious if you think that Suzanne Crouch, current lieutenant governor of the state of Indiana, should be the governor. Uh, no, absolutely not. I think silent Suzanne would be a disaster for the state of Indiana based on the fact that she was completely silent as Eric Holcomb did all the stuff the past six years, the massive tax increases, shutting down the state, trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. I think that would be a disaster. See how easy mm-hmm, that was? Mm-hmm. Why can't the politicians just do that? Just give an answer. They have to give themselves wiggle room. I think it's really interesting that she tried to say how they were good friends and they've worked together but they've kind of butted heads in the past, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris have, specifically when they were both running for president in 2020. Trump is coming up next, right? Yeah. Trump audio is coming up next. Right. Trump audio dumping on DeSantis is coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.